Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. And, you know, now we have, geez, the crime rates going back up. The border, and this is one of the things, especially with you being down there in Southern Arizona. I've been down to the border, especially in the Texas area. And when I was down there, I was standing with a detective that we just trained him on the MBAC. And he took me down to the border. And so we're standing there kind of on a, it was kind of an elevated area overlooking the river. And we could see right into Mexico. And while we were standing there, three guys swam across the river. But this is a number of years ago. And so the border patrol was actually was watching him and saw him and took him under arrest. But now when we're, it's just so insane to think about how much it's increased over the last couple of years, gone from a couple of thousand a day to 8,000 a day. And now they're talking about with this title for I mean, by the time this airs, we may actually have 18 to 20,000 people per day. I live in a city of 18,000. And I don't even know if you can even call that a city, but the population of the community that I live in every day coming across that border. Well, and it's having a terrible impact on the services in these communities like Nogales, Arizona and Yuma, Arizona, where the hospitals are full, the schools are overrun, there's housing issues. Here in Tucson, Arizona, we have so many of the what they call migrants, they're illegal aliens that have come here. And the federal government takes over motel after motel after motel, puts these immigrants there until they can try to process them out. And now we know that it just came out the other day that the federal government lost track of tens of thousands of immigrants where they were basically given a piece of paper once they got into the country and said, go find an ICE office. And that was it. There was no processing done of these people. There's people from 80 to 120 different countries coming across this border every day. We don't know who they are. Very often we don't know who they're from. And again, they're not just people looking for a better life. In fact, the majority of them are military aged young men. They're not family units. And if people understood the level of sexual assault of women and children that are connected to this invasion that we have on the southern border, they would just be absolutely sickened. There's so much sexual assault, human trafficking, the children are used, they call them recycled. What the cartels do is they charge each migrant about $6,000 a piece. You get two chances to get across. If you don't get across, you have to go back and pay them more money. If you do get across and you didn't pay your whole $6,000, they will attack your family and they know where your family lives. And what they do with the children is they recycle them to create these fake family units because they get treated better at the border. But in the meantime, not only are the children recycled, they're sexually assaulted, boys and girls. It's horrific. And again, 
the left in this country, the people that support open borders and some of the people on the right as well, they don't want it. They want to talk about women and women's rights and the Me Too movement and all that. But they don't want to hear about the horrific sexual assault and human trafficking situation at our southern borders. No, it's horrible. I heard about the rape trees where, you know, after they rape these women and children, they'll take their undergarments and hang them in the tree as a kind of a taunting move toward the border patrol. Yes. And they use it to intimidate these women and children and young men. And we're doing nothing about it. And the, the, one of the biggest problems is because the Border Patrol, if you're a Border Patrol agent, you signed on to help protect the border of your country. These are very patriotic men and women. And now they have just basically been relegated to processors. They're processing these migrants. And I know Border Patrol agents that every day they have to go and change diapers and make sandwiches for these immigrants. And it's now affecting the mental health of Border Patrol agents. We've had two Border Patrol agents commit suicide in the last couple of months. It's horrifically sad. And we've had a couple of Border Patrol agents killed in the line of duty as well, chasing the migrants. It's interesting when you think about the overall philosophy of these leftists, people like George Soros. And I think that's permeated all the way down into our politicians. Well, and... Honestly, I'm searching for words here because what is it that that their end goal is? It's like, how do they define success? Is it the complete collapse of the United States? Is it they just bury us to the point where with debt and with crime and chaos to the point that it all kind of falls apart and then they think that they can build it back up? It's just, I'm... I can't figure it out. I personally believe that George Soros and his ilk and a lot of the far political left just want to create such a chaotic society that then they can swoop in and say, man, this is a mess. We're going to fix it. And how are they going to fix it? By ultimate, ultimate federal control of people. They don't want the Second Amendment. They don't want freedom of speech. They don't want freedom of expression. And so I believe that's what we're going to see. And we, I, I really believe that the COVID lockdowns that lasted forever were, what, two and a half years into two weeks to slow the spread, that that was a bit of a dress rehearsal, perhaps. And, you know, American law enforcement got used and abused in that process where police officers were sent, and a lot of people have forgotten about this, where we had police officers sent to playgrounds to arrest moms who were playing outside with their children. And they used to go into meetings and arrest people who refuse to wear a mask that doesn't work. So there are nefarious outcomes that I think some people are looking for. I don't think it's most people, but the problem is good people in this country have been bullied into silence. We just got back the National Police Association. We're an apolitical organization. We don't get involved in politics. We don't advocate for any candidates. But we just went to America Fest, which Turning Point USA put on. We were a sponsor at Turning Fest, Turning Point America Fest. We met so many amazing pro-police, pro-America, pro-military young people. And, and so we have a great reason to have hope. But I believe that so many of those people who are just normal Americans who want to go out and live their life by the Constitution of the United States, 
they have been bullied into silence and we've got to stop allowing ourselves to be bullied. That's one of the things that the National Police Association asked the American citizens to do is to stand up and be loud and proud about your support for your local law enforcement officers. Well, they also need to be loud and proud about their just their individual freedoms because I think Americans as a whole, we are so tolerant and we're so forgiving. And it, because frankly, all we want to do is just, we want to go to work. We want to take care of our own families and we, fun. yeah. And just go on vacations and just live our lives yeah. and be left alone. And as long as that is, well, in the pursuit of that, and I think so many of us don't want to get involved that because we're just, we're so busy just trying to make a living and trying to be good moms and dads and you just live our lives. And we're just, we're satisfied with where we're at. And yet what we don't understand is the very foundation. It's kind of like ignoring your home foundation cracking and just saying, uh, you know what? I'm living upstairs. I don't, I, yeah, I'm okay. But then when you realize that your house is starting to slide, then you're like, oh crap, we got to go take care of this foundation. Well, by then it's too late. And I think that's really legitimately happening. And if we don't stand up for our law enforcement, and that's one of the reasons that I started this podcast and that I interview people like you, and, and I'm sure that's the whole reason that most true crime podcasts are doing that is to enlighten the audience and enlighten society as a whole. But it's just, uh, we got it. You're 100% right, Betsy. We have to stand up. We have to and start being loud because mom's going to these school board meetings. I think that was the greatest thing. I think as far as COVID goes, I think that is one of the most awesome things coming out of, of like Virginia and how that whole thing started. But there were tons of, of in this last election, school board that were completely flipped, got rid of some of these people. Yeah. And because these mama bears are just like, what is being taught? And they're- <laughs> Exactly, they're exactly. People have got to get politically involved. My husband and I here locally became precinct committeemen because we said, oh, we just can't be people yelling at the TV. We've got to get involved. We've got to get better informed. We started going to meetings. We started learning the political process here in Arizona. And that's what people need to do. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do locally is recruit more police officers and police officers' family members into being precinct committeemen, into getting involved in local politics like school boards exactly what you just said because there's that old old saying all politics are local and it's really true and unfortunately american law enforcement has been so politicized and that it wasn't that way 30 years ago when i was first in law enforcement you when when i was a young police officer we were told you don't talk about people's religion you don't talk about their politics you don't talk about how much money they make your beliefs are your business. And now it's all become so politicized and American law enforcement, very often we get accused of being far right wing people and this and that. There's police officers are on all sides of the political spectrum. And unfortunately, we, the profession, have become this political football. And, and it started, it certainly started with the defund the police movement. It started with Ferguson, Missouri and 
It really started with the beer summit with Barack Obama. And Barack Obama was, he was my senator long before anybody knew who he was outside of the state of Illinois. He was anti-police then. He's always been anti-police. He's a procedural justice guy. And uh, he was able to bring this war on cops and and then try and change things politically through 21st century policing. And I think one of the things we're going to see is the Biden administration is going to try to bring back some of the elements of that 21st century policing, which is ultimately federal control. And that's absolutely wrong. American law enforcement, by the very nature of our Constitution, is supposed to be decentralized. We are not Europe. We don't have federal, total federal law enforcement. There are over, I believe it's 25,000 different police departments in this country. And the vast majority of those departments are under 10 officers. Chicago PD, New York, NYPD, all that. They're the anomalies. It's mostly small town cops that are trying to enforce the laws of their communities. But that's exactly what you want. If you have the option of dealing with a cop, you want the guy that grew up in your neighborhood. You want the guy that grew up in your town to be the law enforcement there because he knows what the feeling of the community is. He's loyal to that community. You don't want some guy coming in. Like I, I live in Utah now, I grew, but I grew up in Idaho. And I'll tell you what, every time we had a family move in from California or someplace like that, we seriously scrutinize those people. We're like, is this guy really here to become an Idahoan or are they just here to flout their money and, and say, I, I was always from California and I always will be a Californian and I'm just here in Idaho for a little while. And I'm like, you know what? If you're not here because you love the vision that you've come to, then leave. And that's kind of, but the last thing you want is to be ruled basically by people that have no loyalty to your community. And local policing, I think, is the part of the genius of the Constitution and the way that our country was set up. That's exactly right. That's why it's so decentralized. And one of the sad things that we see is, especially urban police officers, the ones that are choosing to stay on the jobs, a lot of them are leaving. What they're doing is moving further and further away from the cities where they serve because they're becoming so dangerous. And police officers are getting doxxed constantly where people are publishing where they live and and not just them, but who their families are. I have a friend who is a, he's a police podcaster and personality, and he loves to take on the anti-police left. And he got doxxed and his wife got contacted via social media and he never talks about his wife and it scared their entire family. And that's the thing. If they don't just come after us now, they come after our families. And so police officers are, they're either leaving for rural areas, they're getting out of the cities that they serve, or they're going dark on social media to protect not just themselves, but their family and friends. Oh, yeah. No, we have a bunch of Salt Lake City police officers in my neighborhood, and they got doxxed at the riot. There, there was The riot in Salt Lake only happened one night, and then they frankly just, they called out the riot gear and they shut that thing down. But in the process of that, the BLM and Antifa types doxed some of my friends. And I was just like, 
You're picking on the wrong neighborhood, folks, because I guarantee anybody that came up to those homes and were, if they tried harassing friends of our, and especially of the law enforcement, this neighborhood, <laughs> trust me, there's an arsenal here. And that would be a very, very bad move for any of those Antifa types. But, and I think for most Americans, it takes something like that to wake us up, which is sad in a way. But we're there. So imagine if you imagine the people, and this is what's so frustrating for cops, is the people who live in central LA or inner city Chicago or in New York, the gun laws are such that the people there that are most vulnerable to crime cannot legally protect themselves like we can in the areas where you and I live. And that's so frustrating. One of the things the National Police Association is so proud of is we are the most pro-Second Amendment police organization in this country because we know that when danger is seconds away, very often a law enforcement officer is minutes away. We know that our citizens have to be able to protect themselves and we encourage people to get legally armed and trained so that they can not only protect themselves, but they may have to jump in and help protect a law enforcement officer who's in trouble. We've seen that happen. I had that happen to me. I had a citizen jump in and help me in a fight that I got into before my backup could get there. And we have story after story after story of American citizens jumping in to help law enforcement. And we want people to be able to protect themselves and also to be ready if they got to jump in and help us. Don't just film it if you can help, help. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about it, even at 750,000 strong, there's 330 million people out here. Yeah. And if you look at this, just the odds of multiple police officers being in the same location when something like that goes down, it's so close to zero, it's unbelievable. It's almost like the chance of dying from COVID. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.